oranges and mushrooms. been chattering away like parrots but fell silent on my arrival. I nodded encouragingly and said hello but they only offered me stilted smiles and stayed quiet. Mr. Ranjan rode up in his motorized wheelchair and we all made room for him. I asked him how he was and Mrs. Ranjan and he said both were fine. The lift arrived and we waited on one side as everybody got off. Mr. Ranjan entered first we all punched our own buttons, six for the girls, 17 for Mr. Ranjan and 39 for myself. The girls got off first and burst into peals of laughter as they sped away, not even waiting till the door shut. No manners. Mr. Ranjan wished me as he got off and I sent my best regards to his wife. The automatic doors shut and the lift started to rise. The first I noticed something strange was when my ears popped. Twice, three times. That was unusual. And the ride seemed to be taking inordinately long. This building is only 45 stories high. How could the lift still be rising? The indicator panel was inert, not blinking the rising numbers as it should have been. The lift finally slowed and stopped but without the doors opening or giving me a chance to get off, and instantly started dropping through the floors at such a pace that my legs buckled under me. But instead of the lift crashing into hard earth, the journey continued forever. We should have run out of building by now, especially at this furious rate of descent, and yet the lift was plummeting. The cabin was getting warmer. This is going to sound crazy, but I was convinced we were plunging into the center of the earth. Hysterical giggles bubbled within me. I felt euphoric, though the situation hardly warranted such a reaction. The cabin was now burning hot and I was drenched with sweat and gasping for breath. And the lift showed no sign of slowing, but continued to drill into the bowels of the earth. I noticed a distorted reflection of myself on the scratched surface of the door and was surprised to see some kind of plant behind me. I turned around to study it and was horrified to see in the mirror on the back wall that my intestines had burst out of the top of my head and were waving around like the arms of some grotesque, overgrown pink hydra. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I tried to stuff them back in, but they were spongy and squamous and I was revolted. I was screaming in my head, but I couldn't see my mouth open or hear any sound other than the even hum of the lift burrowing down, down, down. Suddenly, it reversed direction again and rocketed up and I watched in complete disbelief as my gut got sucked back into my head and everything looked normal again in my reflection. I felt acutely nauseous and I panicked 
that that pink gut would now come pouring out of my mouth. One hand flew to cover it and the other hand held on to the bar for support. But the rapid rise was making me air-headed and I floated gentle as a flower in a soft breeze onto the floor of the lift. To find a number of oranges rolling about wantonly and the smell of the crushed fruit overpowering. There were too many crazy things going on. It had become chilly and after sweating, I was now shivering. The lift was still rising at a fantastic pace and I was just wondering how we could possibly still be within the building when we actually burst out on top of it. The top half of the lift cabin and its roof seemed to have transformed into smoothly curved glass. I should surely have noticed that when travelling up and down my 39 stories every day. Perhaps while it was in the lift column, there wasn't anything to see, I told myself, striving to be rational. The cabin came to a halt and I lumbered to my feet again. I was astonished to observe 20 or 25 other similar lift cabins. We have only four lifts in our building, so where had all these other lifts come from? And this couldn't be the terrace of our building either. It was much higher, and blue sky and soft, white, cushiony clouds were almost within reach. I felt a kind of robust peace. And from that place of stillness, I watched the lift cabins jostle themselves in an orderly fashion into a kind of train, one behind the other. My cabin was last. I tried to accept the absurd witness of my own eyes as the train started moving and my cabin started moving too. The only word I can offer is flu. The train flew over the rooftops, from one building to another, all at different heights, plunging, soaring like a living creature. There was no track. It was running completely free. Nothing that I could see connected my cabin to the one in front, yet they moved in coordinated fashion like a single train. Birds scattered around us, disturbed at this unusual presence in their skies. I was being buffeted wildly, though all the people I could see in the other cabins seemed to be seated comfortably, enjoying the view, which I had not even glanced at. I felt, both mentally and physically, an inexpressible revulsion, even horror. The former peace completely stripped away. Every emotion was so heightened, as if a spotlight was shining on it. The train decelerated as if coming in at a station. Doors opened, except mine, of course. Passengers got off and others got on. Everyone milled around. Little girls in frocks skipped about in the sunshine. I waved frantically. I wanted off this crazy car. But they just merrily waved back. The doors slid shut and the dragon ride started again. As we swooped and soared over the buildings, some of the cabins just dropped off the train and returned to their home buildings, must be, I guessed. With each departure, 
the train telescoped seamlessly and closed the gap. Finally, there was only me and my cabin and I was wondering what fresh insanity was next. My cabin guided itself delicately into the lift shaft and descended the stories in stately measure. The light flashed 39 on the indicator panel and when the lift doors opened, I staggered off. My husband opened the door to discover me standing there, looking dazed. He helped me inside and onto the sofa where I still was. The doctor had been summoned, so had my daughter, and now they were all gobsmacked at my story. It sounded crazy to me too, but that's exactly what happened. I reached for the crown of my head from where the hydra had sprouted. It seemed to have healed perfectly. The doctor cleared his throat. <clears throat> what happened to your shopping? He asked in a very practical tone. What shopping? I had no shopping. I'd gone to Money's house for tea. Why would I have shopping? What about those oranges in the lift? He asked. Ah yes, you're right. They weren't mine. But there was no one else in the lift. How did they get there? The strong aroma of crushed oranges assaulted my nostrils again. Where was it coming from? Can you tell me what you ate and drank at Money's? He probed. What an inquisitive man he was. But being a busy doctor, he probably didn't get invited out often. There were cocktail chutney patties, just two bites. Not easy to make, you know, so small. And cheese sandwiches with the crusts on. Mani is very stubborn, says she won't waste the bread, as if she's never heard of breadcrumbs. Huh. But there was a very nice potato salad, some nutty biscuits and a caramel custard with fresh strawberries. Oh, and there was a mushroom broth. I thought it would be a nice change from tea, but it was horrid. Very strongly flavoured and bitter and I would have dumped it discreetly, but I was sitting right next to money, so I drank it politely. It was terrible. I wish I'd opted for the tea instead. My daughter and the doctor looked at me with a kind of aha look now. I decided I'd had enough. Living the whole nightmare again had been exhausting. I rolled over and turned my back on them. I heard my daughter giggling. Shrooms, she whispered, though I heard her quite clearly. She's tripping. I'll have to have a word with Money's son. I could hear the doctor's pen writing a prescription, like a saw grating in my ears, and I felt mighty irritated. She should just sleep it off, but I'll give her a little something to help. Should be fine by tomorrow morning. It must have been chaotic. He sounded sympathetic, which was good, because it had been. I could hear my daughter smothering giggles and I felt extremely hostile towards her. I don't know what shrooms are, but I had not tripped or fallen or even stumbled, so she was quite wrong about that. 
what had any of this to do with money's son, useless fellow that he was? The doctor was right and I was indeed better the next morning. But I don't ever use that particular lift anymore. And I can't stand oranges or mushrooms. Mm-hmm.